everyone. Welcome back to Double Stack One Podcast. On Rats on here tonight uh, to give you a little recap of the Japanese Grand Prix that happened on Sunday. I think you probably heard everything about it already. Uh, probably got all the ins and outs of what happened late night here in the U.S. and probably at a very different hour for everybody around the world. But ended up being a spectacular race. Uh, very interesting. A lot happened. We crowned a new uh, constructor champion uh, in the Red Bulls. They just delayed that a little bit from Singapore to Japan. Uh, the home Grand Prix. The new car seems to be extremely faster than the previous one, which is ominous uh, going into next season as they continue to develop that car and find... Uh, new ways to be faster. Uh, it's up for, to the other teams to catch up. But one one interesting thing uh, at the end of this weekend was the pace of the McLarens. They were really quick on a single lap and on during the race as well, getting a 2-3, the first double podium for that team this year. Um, Norris coming in P2. With his, uh, with our fellow New Zealand, he's Australian. Our fellow Australian uh, kid Piastri coming in for his first podium, P three. His mom was asking to make it to get a cheap flight to the to the uh, to the track on Sunday, which was cute to see. Uh, great to see, mommy's very invested and has a little bit of humor. Uh, which is which is uh, refreshing. Uh, she, she subsequently posted a picture of his old trophies and said, "Well, now that we have an F one trophy, do we get rid of uh, the old trophies from the uh, from the karting days?" But I guess he, it's all part of the collection, and uh, Piastri should be happy. I think he was probably the the happiest man out there uh, on Sunday after Verstappen and, and the Red, Red Bull guys. Uh, great race from them. Unfortunately, Checo showed us a different way to read regulation, uh, a smart way to read regulation. He he did a three-stopper on, um, I think he did mediums, the hards, the medium, mediums, medium, uh, hard, hard, hard. So, so it, was, it was all over the place. Um, he, uh, he got into an accident, I think, Got got sandwiched from from if I use his own words in into turn one at the starting lap, had the box uh, from from his starting mediums to hards. Did a few laps on there, was chasing, making his way back through the the field, but ultimately got into a shunt with uh, with Magnussen, which broke his wing, probably derailed Magnussen's race at that point. He had to pit, came back on softs, did a few laps, just the, something was broken. Had to go back, and, and that was it for him. He pitted for a very, very, very long time, but ultimately came back out on some softs and uh, to serve his penalty, served the penalty, got new fresh rubber, and went back out for a lap, retired by fighting lap 15. He did 15 laps in total. Um, yeah, interesting way of reading the rules. You know, everybody was kind of, I was, I didn't understand what was going on when that happened, but, uh, now I know, uh, rules are very intricate. I think one thing I do off season, uh, in a couple, in a couple races is to kind of go through the regulation. I think we should all do that. Understand what's in there, uh, more in depth and, and kind of 
when situations like this happen, we kind of have an idea that we read it somewhere at some point. But yeah, great, great to see uh, an ingenious way of interpreting the rules and applying the rules to kind of get out of a penalty. I, I guess if he didn't serve the five place, the five second penalty here would have converted into like multi place uh, penalties at the next race, which would be even more dire than uh, what he had originally received. That's for that's for the the Red Bull in terms of their constructing constructor winners and you know a two sided race one 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 being winning by a huge margin and the second driver basically finished second to last um, after Botas retired a few laps earlier so Perez was the second to retire. Pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I don't know what happens next for Paris. He's pretty locked in for for this season after what we heard from Helmut. I think the team has every interest in keeping him for another year. Um, that's kind of my reading of that situation. But yeah, move on to some happier things. I think we spoke about the McLaren team. Really good pace. Lando Norris did a medium hard hard similar to his teammate Piastri medium hard hard Piastri pitted a little bit earlier uh undercut his teammate but was then undercut by Norris a few uh, on the second stint and uh yeah undercut was pretty powerful here and uh yeah and um Gave, gave gave that team an opportunity to celebrate something new. I think ultimately it's it's becoming clearer now that having that Red Bull type of suspension uh, is is important in terms of what you can do with uh, the aerodynamics, how you can, you know, avoid purposing at high downforce levels and how you can kind of develop the car and how much opportunity, how much availability you have in terms of, uh, building on and avoiding you know the the difficulties the other teams have i think everybody's taking notice of these huge progress from the mclaren team and i think that sets us up for an interesting season next year hopefully uh coming in p4 and p6 are the two ferrari uh guys they had a pretty pretty good race fought most of it with the Mercedes in terms of strategy. I think Leclerc did the uh, medium hard, hard, pitted 17, did 17 laps on the mediums, another 17 laps on a second set of mediums before pivoting to the hards and doing an 18 laps there. Similarly, Sainz did an 18 lap on his first mediums, 20 laps on the second and 14 laps on the hard. And that was kind of, you know, in between Lewis Hamilton doing a 16 on medium, 18 on hards, and a second stint of 18 on his second pairs of hards. Lewis had a pretty interesting race. He had a lot of pace, had to overtake his teammate or quote-unquote let through. It, it it was a lot of, during this race, it was a lot of inter-team battles across the field other than Max that was out there cruising. Like, everybody else... Uh, within the top ten, had had some sort of exchange with their teammate, uh, which made it somewhat confusing, somewhat interesting at the end. Um, the best is yet to come. We'll discuss the uh, the situation at Alpine shortly. But one other bloke that didn't have to face a lot of inner team battle was Alonso, 
pretty much ran his own race, did a soft heart heart strategy, uh, really, as, as he said, put him put him in a very tough situation on his second stint. He did barely fourteen laps on that on those softs before you know degradation set in and he had to move into hards, which was slower tires. Do a first fourteen stents on those on the first set of hards, and then move to a longer stent on for of twenty seven laps in his in his final stent while he was getting chased down by uh, Gasly uh, on a slightly different strategy of medium hard hard. And that I think was the was probably the best part of the race for me. Following that, there's the race between the two. Alpines and Alonso. Uh, Alonso pitted early, uh, was able to maintain track position, was getting chased by Gasly. That was a slightly different strategy. Went long on his mediums, pitted on lap 18 for a set of hards, chased, was chasing, you know, Alonso and Alcon was able to overtake Alcon. Alcon let him through. Alcon was on what I would call a hybrid. One stopper, he pitted on lap one uh, on their safety car, went on to hards, and went pretty long on the first sets of hards. He went 27 laps. Ultimately, he had to let his teammate through. But the caveat there was like the teammate had pace, was on the fresher, was on fresher hards when when Alcon was already on like, let's say, 17 or 18 lap old tires. And Gassy was on fresh hards, and Gassy overtook him. Gassy took overtook him, and set out to to catch Alonso. Now he was chipping away at Alonso's time, built this considerable lap on Ocon. Uh, I think he was like two, three, four seconds ahead of Ocon. Um, by the end of the race, was two seconds away from catching Alonso. But then we got a very interesting team radio uh, from the team asking Gasly to let Ocon through. Now, that came to me as a surprise as I was like, well, Gasly has more pace. He, he's clearly way ahead of Ocon. Why are we asking him to give back that position? Well, it seems from the post-raid interviews and everything, Ocon kind of mentioned that the team had an on had a rule where if you're let through by your teammate your objective is to overtake the opponent and if that is not completed you have to cede position back to your teammate well this is a situation where i believe gasly did not need any favor from the team to get a move down on ocon uh similar to what Hamilton and Russell had it was clearly one uh, the te- one teammate was on a one stopper the other teammate was on a two stopper clearly the two stopper was faster here now Gassy took it was very upset um, but ultimately at the end team player let Ocon through to take Ocon to take P nine and Gassy took P ten. I think there's some clarification that needs to happen there as a team. I think they're going to have it. I think that rule needs to be ironed out a little bit more so that the, the, the drivers know what 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 exactly it means to 
to let your your teammate through because for me that is not letting your team through your teammate through you just didn't have the pace oh god Gassi was on a different strategy and it makes sense if you're on the same strategy and you let your teammate through but if you're on different strategy it doesn't matter for in my camp in my world it doesn't matter I was waiting for Gassi not to oblige by that order but Gassi's a it's a better man than I am and uh he he obviously let Ocon through now next up we have Liam Lawson in 11 Yuki Sonoda in 12 they had a pretty similar strategy um Lawson had a tense 10 lap stint on his softs for his first stint Sonoda had a 12 lap stint he came out, Lawson came out, did another 15 laps, then on the medium, Sonoda did 21 laps. And then on his last stamp, Lawson did 27, and Sonoda was on 22. So they, they they fought a few times here and there, but they kept it pretty clean. Liam Lawson, obviously, this weekend, you know, heard that he wasn't going to be getting that full-time seat. I think he, he, he's been racing here at this track. Uh, over the over the last few months, has a pretty good you know near term knowledge of what's going on uh, the track and 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 the evolution and and the racing around here. Uh, give him a slight advantage, but I think he really wanted to prove a point that he was pretty much on pace or slightly uh, better than than the the current drivers, or he could perform just as well, uh, which he. Demonstrated with uh, with his uh, P11 versus Sonoza's P12, but ultimately I think that's a strong pairing. Uh, glad to have Lawson in the car while Ricardo is out, and we look forward to see if uh, Lawson will be back in the car in Qatar in a couple of weeks, or if Danny will be back to kind of see if uh, he uh, can get re readjusted into racing and 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 kind of see what the situation is with his broken wrist now joe Guan Yu finished p13 i had a pretty i had hope uh coming out of fp1 and fp2 and and looking at the race base on the alpha romeo they look good they look really good on on on, on uh in terms of race base I saw them as potential chokers in this race, as as two drivers that that could ultimately end up, you know, surging through the field and making it into points. But ultimately, that did not happen. It all went to dust from turn one onwards. Botas was the first to retire. Got into a, I think he got into an accident really early. I I, I believe it it was with the contact with. Paris, uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, yeah, ended his race relatively quickly. Uh, he tried to recover, pitted, got a, a few laps in on another pair of softs. I think he did two, three laps on that. Came back in, got 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 back onto the hards to kind of see if that was possible. Um, did a lap on the hards, but ultimately had to retire after that. Before even finishing eight laps, eight nine laps was that was it for him. He did. Uh, if I look back at my notes, Botas did one lap on the softs, five laps on a second pair of softs, and then a lap on hard. So his lap, his lap, his racing total was just seven laps. Interesting. 
Paris did a total of eight plus seven, 15 laps in total this race uh, in a very bizarre way. We, we discussed that already. Um, the, the two other guys that had a pretty, pretty difficult weekend were the two drivers from the Williams team. It was tough to watch. None of, both of them DNF'd. Abon went a little bit longer than Sargent, but ultimately uh, it wasn't it wasn't to be for those two drivers. This was not the track. Um, I was expecting a little bit the track to suit them a little bit more, but ultimately it didn't play out that way. Sargent was coming from a very difficult position, getting penalized by basically constructing enough of a third car that uh, he 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 was dinged with a penalty of using two cars this season and the team using three cars in total. So not a good look for Sargent. Ultimately, he's trying to preserve that seat. We do hope he gets to keep the seat, but um, moving on like this, I, I doubt... I have I have concerns and and about him being being back on the grid next year, but we'll see. He has a few more races to demonstrate that he deserves to to stick around. I my 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 view here is that he was probably brought in a bit too early into Formula One and may need a little bit longer to adjust. But that's just my perspective. I want him to be around a little bit longer and ultimately show us that he has the potential to to compete here. Now, finally, Lance Stroll, another DNF here by Lance Stroll. Tough race as well for him. Um, yeah, did the best he could. The car wasn't there. Probably got into a uh, a little shot. Like, it's tough to follow everybody during the race, I'd be honest. Uh, didn't really keep a close eye on Stroll, but this is a situation that it's it's been three or four races now that Stroll hasn't scored any points um not helping his team in the constructors battle i think at this point the mclarens are catching up to them uh, and it's uh they're likely going to at this rate they're probably going to lose that position of p4 in the constructors championship now uh now what 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 was my top 10 going into this race and how did i do i had verstappen to paris so Clearly, Paris did not live up to expectation. At Piastri, P3, he came in P3. Hamilton, I had him a little bit ahead of Norris in P4, but he Norris ultimately did better than Perez and Piastri and Hamilton. Norris ended up P2. Russell, I had him in P6. Sainz was P6. Leclerc was further up than my P7. He finished P4. Sainz was way better than I had expected. I was expecting a little bit more deck, tie deck from uh, the McLaren and the Ferrari, if you recall. And that didn't play out that well. Everybody suffered from degradation. I had Sonoda and Lawson in the uh, Alonso P9 and Sonoda P10, but uh, Alonso was P8 and Sonoda was P10. Ultimately, Ocon made it into the points instead of Sonoda. So what is my GP rating here? Uh, I think I'd give this race a little six. It's one of those back to reality, one team blowout. Just, it was 
it, it became a snoozer relatively quickly after the first couple laps of incidents, the VSC, after the safety car, you know. The only one item that I thought was interesting were the, the various inter-team battles, the Ferrari versus Hamilton and 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 Red and Mercedes battle there for for P four P five, the battle between Ocon and Alonso and Gasly was also an interesting one. Seeing how Perez ran this race was a unique perspective to regulations that I saw. But other than that, it was so it was very slow. The gap from P two to P three was just enormous. So just let us. Just was tough to was tough to to get excited for. So, gave it a P six. Uh, the next race would be in Qatar. We raced there once in twenty twenty one. It was an interesting podium. We had Lewis Hamilton, to Verstappen with a serious gap that year, to Alonso his first podium as he returned to Formula One. We had uh, Ocon defending as a, at like a lion that that year uh, didn't work out so well, but uh, yeah, it was a memorable race. Uh, if you haven't watched it or if you need a refresher, it's a very twisty, fast, and medium corner track, so should suit uh, McLaren and the Red Bull next time around here. Probably the Ferrari should be okay as well, given their new upgrade. But, uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, we'll be in Qatar. I think it's going to be a full house. People are excited in that part of the world. And, uh, yeah, excited to see what comes next. And that's my recap here. Thanks for tuning in. If you did, uh, I enjoy this. I, it's kind of refreshing for me to come back and kind of get my my uh, thoughts back in order and, and kind of give my perspective. So I enjoyed recording this episode. Hopefully you get to hear it. And uh, please give me your feedbacks. Follow us on Double Stack F1 Podcast. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, yeah, until next time for the race preview for Qatar. Take care and enjoy the rest. Bye.